If you take your Bible and turn to Philippians chapter 1, verse 23 is where we'll be starting. But while y'all are turning there, I want to read a verse from Romans chapter 8. Matter of fact, Brother Zach was talking about it this morning. Um, Romans chapter 8, verse 20, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. And right there, I want to focus on the first three words. It says, And we know. And I was sitting there thinking about on the way back from preacher's camp, which I want to thank Pastor for taking us. I learned a lot. But I was thinking about this. He said, uh, well, y'all are going to be preaching Sunday night. And I think it was Friday night that we were heading back. And I was like, oh, okay, a day to prepare. So, but that's what ministry is. And so I was excited to preach. And Brother Zach got up here and said, and we know that all things work together for good. And he didn't even know what I was preaching on. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going through my sermon. And I was like, oh. That verse that Brother Zach talked about, and we know. And whenever I read it, it says, and we know. So if, if we know, as Paul says here in Romans, if we know that all things work together for good, then why can't we put our trust fully in Christ? If we know. It's a guarantee. But if you go back to Philippians chapter 1, it's Paul, if you read the first few verses in the beginning, Paul's talking about how he's in bonds uh, for preaching Christ. He's in uh, jail, if you would say, for preaching Christ, for preaching a false gospel. And Paul is sitting there and he told, told the church at Philippi, I'm in bonds. And he goes on to even say, but because of me being in jail, because of me being in bonds, the gospel has to spread further, this furtherance of the gospel. And whenever I was looking at this, I started asking myself this question. I say, I told myself, whenever I'm in a valley in my life, whenever I'm in low times, whenever I'm in uh, dark times, whenever I'm in a hard season of my life, if I know that all things work together for good, then why can't I put my full trust in God? But not only why can't I, but whenever you're in a valley, sometimes you don't see the full picture. Sometimes you don't see... All that's going to happen. Sometimes you're like, I can't see the end of this road, God. It's dark. I'm, and then you start asking questions. Why, God? Why would you allow this to happen to me? Or how? sometimes you make a prayer request. You say, God, how are you going to answer this prayer request? How are you going to break through in this situation? God, I don't see a way out of it. How are you going to break through it? Or sometimes uh, it's been stressed a lot. We ask the question, when are you going to do it, God? God, I... I need you to do this now. I need you to do it right here. God, I need you to do it within this certain amount of time. But sometimes God's answer is this. Not right now. Be patient. And God's timing is the best timing, first of all. And so whenever he says wait, you just need to wait. But we'll be reading verse 23 all the way through 27. It says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having desire to depart and to be with Christ which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. So I was reading through this, and I was thinking, okay, so Paul is in bonds, 
and Paul is in jail. And he's sitting there and he looks at he looks at the church of Philippi and he says, Because of my bondage, the further the gospel has gone further, first of all. He said, But not only just because I'm in bondage, don't worry about me. I want you to be pressing forward for the gospel. He says, I'm here to encourage you, even though I'm in bondage. Don't worry about me. And here I want you to notice the first thing, the passion of Paul. The passion of Paul. Look at verse 23. For I am in a straight betwixt, two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. I want you to notice the phrase that says, having a desire. Paul had a desire. Matter of fact, he had two desires, as you can see. He says, for I'm in a straight betwixt, meaning I'm in a situation, I'm being pulled this way, and I'm being pulled this way. I have two desires that I want. He said two, and he tells us this two, to be with Christ, which is far better. Then verse 24 tells us the second one. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So Paul is saying, I have a desire to go be with Christ. I want to, and he even said it, it's far better, which I, in my mind, I'm almost sure it's far better to be with Christ, worshiping him, than it is to be in jail and bondage for preaching the gospel, which we're a blessed country that we don't get put in jail for preaching the gospel. But Paul had a passion. He said, I have a desire. I have a want that I have. I have two of them. I want to be with Christ. And he says, which is far better. And then look at verse 24. He says, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. So Paul says, I have a desire to go be with Christ, but I also have a desire to encourage you. I have a desire to come see you. I have a desire to come see the work that God is doing at the church of Philippi. But Paul had a passion, but he also had a plan. Look at verse 25. It says, In having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. He says, I have, this, I have confidence in this, and I know that I shall abide and continue with you all. So Paul says, I have a desire to be with Christ and I have a desire to come encourage you, but I know that God has told me and I'm confident in this to be with you and to encourage you for, for what? For your furtherance and joy of faith. Not my furtherance, not the church's furtherance, not the pastor's furtherance, or not my furtherance, I messed that up, but for your furtherance. Paul had a plan. He, he knew what God told him to do and he was saying, no, I have a flesh. I have a desire to be with Christ, but God has told me to do this, and I'm going to do it. Because Paul was willing. Paul was set in saying, I'm going to do what God wants me to do, and God's plan for me, and now because I'm agreeing with God, now my plan is God's plan, so my plan is to come be with you. Not only did Paul have a plan, but he had a purpose. If you look at verse 27, it says this, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Right there, it's talking about, not talking about, it, well, it's talking about two things. First of all, the conversation, what you say, what you speak to other people, what you, certain things you say, the way you say it, the, a whole conversation, that ought to be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. But conversation doesn't just mean what you're saying. It also means your actions, what you do, where you go, how you look. So whenever somebody were to look at you, were they, if they were to say, okay, Jared Hodges, on a Sunday night, is dressed in a suit and tie. Do I see Jesus Christ? Well, I can say that I look, that I can say certain things of Jesus Christ, but what if I were to walk in with a pair of ripped jeans and stuff? You want to say that I'm acting as Christ. Christ, Christ said, not said, Christ did, my dad always said this, do as you preach. 
what you preach ought to be lived out in your life. So what I say, what I say back here ought to be lived out in my life down there. But Paul had a passion. He had a desire to go be with them. He had a plan to do it. God's plan to do it. And he had a purpose. And you might say, why did I go through all those points? Well, sometimes we have a passion. We have a desire. And sometimes, uh, not sometimes, every time, I don't think that any of us would want to go to jail or be in bondage for something that we didn't do wrong. Because sometimes we go through a hard life. Sometimes you can say spiritually that we're in a valley or we're in bondage. We feel like it. And we just desire, we just ask God, God, please just get me out of this. God, please just put me on the mountaintop. That's all I want. I just want to be on the mountaintop. That's our desire. Our desire is not to have a bad time. Our desire is not to be put in bondage. We don't have a desire unless it's God's will. But our desire is always to have a good time. We don't ever plan to have a bad time. We have a passion. We have a desire that we have. But sometimes we have to follow God's plan in order to get out of that, that valley. Sometimes we look at God and we ask the questions, God, why? God, how? God, when? God, this? God, that? What are you going to do, God? Break through right now. God, when are you going to do this? God, how are you going to do this? God, why are you going to do this? God, when? Every question you can think of, that, that's the only thing I can think of. And the thing is, we look at God like he's surprised by it. We look at God like, God, did you know that this trial was coming? God, did you know that this was going to happen? God, this, God, that. God, you're, you put me through this, and you didn't even know. How are you going to get me out of it? I like to see how you're going to work it out, and it's amazing to see how he always gets us out of the valley. But I want you to know that God is never surprised by the valley that you're in, the dark times. You see, sometimes we're in a valley, and we ask God, and God always has a plan to get us out of it. God's never surprised by it. God says, I put you through this, and now I'm going to, if you trust me, I'm going to lead you out of it. But not only does God have a plan in the valley, he has a purpose in the valley. Sometimes the valley is either to shape and mold us into what God wants us to be. Sometimes God's plan, or God, that he put us in this valley or this dark season, is to say, I see this area of your life, and you need to work on it, so I'm going to put you through this valley for a reason. You might say, but God, I, don't, I already work on that. I've already done that. Well, sometimes God puts you through a valley for a reason. Because sometimes later on in your life, you can be an encouragement to somebody who's already going through it at that time. Because we're not to live our lives for ourselves. We're not to live our lives to think of always about us. See, Paul was in bondage. He was, he was stuck in jail. And he wrote to the church of Philippi. And he says, I'm to encourage you guys. Don't worry about me. I wonder how many times we can have that mindset. If we're just being a valley and just say, don't worry about me. I'm just here to encourage you. And if we go through these, life like this, and going back to Romans 8, 28, that we know all things to work together for good. And if we know that God has a reason, God has a plan, God has a purpose, then why, if we know that all things work together for good, then why don't we choose to put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ and that he'll get us through? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for the time spending to talk to God. Thank you for this opportunity to preach. God, I pray that it got to the hearts of everybody in this room. God, I pray that they didn't see me, but they saw you, God, and they saw the cross. God, I pray that you be with Jacob. For I was Jacob Lynch, give them the words to speak, God. 
I pray that you help through the rest of the service. And I pray for all these things in your holy, precious name, Jesus Christ.